All right, well, good morning, New Life Church. Who's, who's hungry for the word of the Lord today? Oh, I sense there might be a little extra hunger on you this morning or in you this morning. I could tell by how praise and worship was going. You know, it's not always reflective on what happens on stage as much as what happens in our hearts. You know what I'm saying? And God has a, God always responds to those who cry out to him. Amen. And it, and that's what happens. You guys understand that? Uh, I just returned, uh, actually Pastor Prentice, myself and Haley, we just returned from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We were with one of our outside elders, um, Rick and Susan Bennett, this past week. They called together a prayer and prophetic conference uh, with all of their U.S. Uh, leadership that they are affiliated with, as well as those leaders that are out on the reservation, the Navajo Indian Reservation as well as the Apache Indian Reservation where we took a group last summer and where we will go back again this next summer to minister for a week. And it uh, nonetheless was um, beyond anything I really expected. I, I went not knowing what to expect. I just knew that God wanted us to go and be there. And, um, and so... Being one of our outside elders, I felt like, you know, I need to, I need to just make this time, the sacrifice to get there and, and to be there. And so um, it, was a, it was awesome, if I could be, use the most cliche word as possible, uh, to try to describe that experience. And God used all of us, used Prentice, myself, Haley, we flowed a lot in the prophetic, praying for people. Uh, ministering unto people, uh, encouraging other leaders. It was encouraging and uplifting other leaders. Uh, Paul says to us in, in, in Corinthians, he said, the gift of prophecy, when it's utilized properly uh, and healthy, it does three things. It exhorts people, it encourages people, and it comforts people. And, uh, and that certainly is what took place there. Uh, we came away... Uh, I felt like really as much as we poured out, God just poured right back into us spiritually. And, and, so, um, and so anyway, I'm, I'm excited about today and being with you today. Um, I just want to a, a, read a, a couple of scriptures that pertains to some of our, uh, one of our worldwide tragedies in Paris. I normally don't comment on things like this, um, and I'm not really talking directly at that incident um, how, as much as what I believe the Lord says is our role uh, in tragedy and our, and our role in difficulty. And that is what Jude tells us. Um, I woke up asking the Lord. I felt like I needed to say something, but I didn't know what to say. And he pointed me to, actually, it's the, it's the scriptures of the day. If you have that, um, if you have the Bible app, it, it was so timely, uh, I felt like. He says this, he says, but you, my dear friends, it's Jude, it's 1, it's verse 17, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. He says, they told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you, they follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. But then he tells us this, But you, dear friends, 
must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. You know, we have a responsibility as believers, as Christians, people of the faith, that especially in times of tragedy and nonsense, when it doesn't even happen in our, on our own soil, that we can't forget those believers in those places. And especially those of us who are able to come together like this corporately, Jude tells us we need to build one another up. Amen? That's part of what happens. That's one of the dynamics of corporate worship gathering like this is that we get to build one another up. And uh, so I want to remind you of that. And he says, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. To pray in the Spirit as often as you think about it, whenever you can, is to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit because that will build your own faith. That will also cause you to not get scared and not be afraid and, 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 and be freaked out by things that go on around us uh, because that can happen. We hear stories of on the news and hear incidences that take place as ungodly as they are and as wrong as they are. And yeah, as America, we need to pray all the more and we don't need to be stupid and naive either. But we also, the thing that keeps us from being stupid and naive is praying in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, God reveals things to us as well as he builds us up and makes our faith strong because we can't stop being a light. Amen? We can't stop being a light. And um, just remember those words, Jude 1, verses 17 through 20. Um, listen, I'm going to continue to talk about our series that we've been in called A New Season, A New Soul. And today's going to be a little different than the normal way I, I would probably minister to you today. Um, because as I mentioned to you at the beginning, uh, is uh, just returning from, from this prayer and prophetic conference, I felt like more than anything... I needed to be here today to make an impartation, or rather the Spirit of the Lord to make an impartation into uh, our lives and into our church. Uh, I'm reminded of the scripture that Jesus uh, talked about, freely you have received, so now freely you give. And uh, the Lord, I don't know why he always does this to me, but he does this kind of thing to me uh, when he wants me to really, really flow outside of my normal comfort zone when I... When I'm weak, when I'm sick, when my kids or my family's sick, Haley's at home with uh, the two babies this morning, and uh, as soon as we got home Friday evening, I started feeling awful. I couldn't do anything yesterday but lay on the couch, and I got up this morning, and I thought, you know, today would be a great day to call in sick. But uh, the Lord wouldn't let me do that, um, and so I don't know why he does that to me uh, whenever things like that seem to happen to me or around me real close that he says, that's when I shine the best. Talking about him, that's when he shines the best. So in our, in our Paul says, in our weakness, he is made strong. And so uh, you already acknowledged you were hungry for the word of the Lord, and so I just want to flow and give to you what the Lord would give me to, to give you. Is that Okay. That's what I aim to do every week, obviously, but there are just certain, certain occasions where 
the Lord would use us, uh, use us in a different ma- way, in a different mantle, other than just teaching or preaching, but, uh, but the combination of that with the prophetic today. And, um, and if you, you've been around me long enough to know, if you're new here, I don't like weirdness. I don't like, you know, the kooky spiritual stuff. Uh, I believe God, when he truly moves, doesn't make things crazy and weird in the sense where he's not known, where his love's not sensed, because prophecy does, again, three things, encourages, exhorts, and brings comfort. Amen? And so uh, I just want to flow in that today. We've been talking about a new season, a new soul, and I believe for us to enter into new seasons that means we then have to be made free from certain things. There are two types of freedom. It's freedom from something and freedom for something. If you're going to look on the screen today for notes, I have none for you. Okay? I'll just let you know that that's as far as it gets. And, um, and, 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 and I know they're being helpful. Uh, but I gave them nothing today because uh, not that I don't have anything. It's just not going to be so much what you see up here going to be more so what you receive in here today okay so I want, I'm emphasizing that because there are moments where God says you've got to catch something in order to get something and I'm not talking about a cold okay I'm not contagious if I come pray for you today or any of that don't be scared uh, I'm not uh, don't go you know lathering yourself up with hand sanitizer Or all that. If you got essential oils, uh, that's a good thing to always use, especially on guard. You know, that keeps germs away, right, Sharon? Uh, my name's Jeremy, not Jeremy. Okay. But the soul cries out for freedom. We've been in the vein of a t- the title called "The Soul's Potential," and that's where we're flowing here today. The soul's potential, but. And I, and I mentioned this the last couple of weeks, our soul, in order for our soul to live up to its potential and to truly be healthy, then there are several things our souls need, and we've been talking about that, and today I'm going to talk about our souls need freedom. Our souls need freedom. Every one of our souls, we, we need freedom in our soul, because our souls can get trapped. And I said there are two types of freedom. One, there's a freedom from something. A freedom from whatever prohibits us from living out our purpose for God. How many of you know there's a devil? How many of you know there's a world? Come on, talk to me. How many of you know there's a flesh? And all three of those things are against what God's purpose is for our life. And so there's a freedom from something. And there are things that prohibit you and I from truly living on target with our purpose for God. But then there's a freedom for something. A freedom for the ability to truly live on target with your purpose for God. So God can set us free from things that prohibit us and set us free for what he has for us. You follow me? All right. All right. Good. Don't make me preach to these 16, 17, and 8-year-olds and everybody else get left out because they're already shouting me down right now on the front row. All right. Now, if you want it, then you got to get your ears up. You got to get your heart ready and your mind ready for today, okay? Doesn't mean I'm like going to be take forever to do this. I just saying if you want it, then it's up to you to come get it, all right? There's an issue with the 10 commandments um, that many people, many believers especially and unbelievers struggle with. Exodus 20 is where the 10 commandments are listed. 
God gave these Ten Commandments to His people. He gave them in the context of relationship. And they speak from the, from the angle or from the platform of this is who you are really meant to be. This is how you're really meant to live. See, we struggle with these Ten Commandments oftentimes because we often look at them and read them in the, in the, in the perspective of these are things that I'm not supposed to do or these are things that I'm supposed to do. You've heard often people say Christianity is about a bunch of do's and don'ts. No, religion is. Religion is. Relationship with God is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. Relationship with God is about being free to be who we were created to be. And so these Ten Commandments, they're, they're, they, they were given in the context of relationship. They weren't given as rules, per se, to follow. They were given as guide signs to say, hey, this is, this is who you are. This is what you are meant to be. So when the, the commandment, you know, you should not have any other idols before God, no idols before the Lord, or you should, you know, honor the, Lord, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, or honor and respect your mom and your dad, and all those things you shall not, you know, kill, you won't, you know, don't don't steal, don't don't commit adultery, don't covet, don't bear false witness. All those things are coming from the angle where God says, Look, I am trying to free you out of Egypt and put within you these set of values as to the way I really created you to be. See, they were already in slavery, and here they had this mindset that they were actually still under under a rule or under a, uh, under a kind of a dictator God. And Moses spent his life trying to teach them and help them understand that God is trying to free you from something for something. And you see, we don't follow the Ten Commandments just because they're do's and they're don'ts. We follow them and live by them because we're really what, we, what is on the inside of us is God's blueprint for life and design. And that was the image we were created in in Genesis 1. And when Jesus comes into a person and, and he causes us to be born again, then he unlocks that blueprint for our life, for our design, for our identity, for our purpose and our destiny. And he begins to grow in us and change us. That's why our flesh doesn't like it when we're, when we're cautioned or when the Holy Spirit convicts us or when we're, we're caught in a bad position. And because our flesh doesn't like that. Our fle- and, but our spirit who is born again, longs to walk in the freedom that God has given us. You follow me? And so there's freedom from and there's freedom for. And I want to I kind of go on, the, um, on this uh, vein of, of three people. Three people. John 4, there's a person that is nameless, but, she's, but she is known by a title or, or somewhat of a label, and that is the Samaritan woman. In John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, Jesus begins to take a trip. And it says he left Judea and he was headed to Galilee. And he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through. Let me tell you this, that anywhere Jesus has to go is not by happenstance. But it is by a heavenly appointment. All right? Anywhere Jesus goes, anywhere the Spirit of God travels and is, goes with an intention, goes with a purpose, it's not by happenstance that you happen to be here today. It's not by coincidence that you happen to be here today or any of that. No, you find yourself in the middle of the purpose of God and God takes advantage of it for His own 
will to be accomplished in our life if we'll open our life up to it. Amen? All right, I'm not speaking over anybody today, right? I'm speaking, I'm not speaking over you. Are you getting it? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm hitting the bleachers with you today. I want to make sure I'm hitting your hearts today. And so there's this woman, John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, and, and Jesus stops by Jacob's well from traveling, and he said he had to go through there, and he stopped to, to rest, and he didn't just stop to rest. His body might have been tired, but, uh, but he knew God was ordering him, God was leading his footsteps, all right? How many of you believe God does that for you? That he orders, the uh, scriptures tell us that he orders the steps of the righteous, Amen. And so, uh, so he was tired, and he sat down by the well, Jacob's well, and there comes this Samaritan woman. The scripture says that she came to draw water. So it tells us that she came prepared to get water and take it back to her place. So in other words, she came with a water jar, not just a little cup, but a big old thing, a water jar, a huge water jar. She came, it was empty, and she came with a need, she came with a purpose, and that was to get water. And she happened to encounter Jesus. And they had this conversation. She came with a need. She came thirsty. She came unsatisfied. She was not satisfied. And she was wanting something to satisfy her. And she then came at a time where she would hope that no other village ladies were around. No other ladies would be around because she had had this experience of being talked about, and she was tired of it. So not only did she come unsatisfied, but she also came with shame. And in the middle, in the context of this conversation she was having with Jesus, he began to talk to her. <clears throat> he began to explain to her that if she knew who he was, she would ask him to meet her need spiritually, and she would never, ever thirst again internally. But he would always be there to fill her life up with right things. And she's like, well, I got to have this. I got to have this, and the well's too deep. You don't have anything to draw with, and all these things. And they started going through the semantics. She started going through the semantics of religion with him, and he brought it all around to show her it's not about the semantics of religion as much as it is about the spirit of a relationship. And so she came unsatisfied. She came with shame. And then he founds, finds out she came with secrets. He said, well, go and call your husband and come on back to me. And she's like, well, here's the deal. He's like, you don't have to say anything. Here's the deal. You've had five husbands. And the guy you're living with now, you don't even know the dude's name. She's like, wow, who you been talking to? I don't see any other Samaritan ladies around here who's spilling the beans about what's going on. So who you been talking to? And she, he finally reveals her. He goes, look, lady, I'm trying to tell you I am the real deal. I am the Messiah that you're looking for. I am the Savior that you've been hoping for. And here's what happens. She came unsatisfied. She came with shame, and she came with secrets. But then in verse, around verse 28, it said that she left her water jar by the well and went back to her village and told everybody the about the encounter that she just had with Jesus. She said, he told me everything about my life. Well, that must mean that if he told her everything about her life, people who knew her knew a whole lot about her life. 
and she wasn't hiding in shame and regret anymore, but she was willing to tell people, hey, you got to come and see this man because he just read my mail and told me everything about my life. But here's the deal. I'm no longer thirsty. I'm satisfied. Oh, here's the deal. I'm no longer full of shame. I'm set free. He says, you know what, I don't have any secrets anymore because you jokers already know them all anyway and talk about me, but the one who, who really cares for me, he has no care about those secrets. And she left her water jar. You see, this lady was living with heavy loads. She was living with a heavy load of dissatisfaction, a heavy load of shame, and a heavy load of secrets but she met jesus encountered jesus heard what he had to say and her instead of carrying the water jar which represents her heavy load she was now free to be who god had created her to be she was carrying around some heavy loads you know what i believe some people here are carrying around some heavy loads and the lord wants you to know that he's here to set you free from your heavy loads that if you're carrying around some heavy loads where you feel dissatisfied where you may feel some shame maybe where you're holding on to some secrets the Lord wants you to know hey he's here to take the heavy load from you and to remove whatever shame and to put your secret to rest and to meet your need and make you satisfied. That you've been trying to go to a well and receive what you thought you needed. But the Lord wants you to know you've been going to the wrong well. You've been relying on the well of religion. You've been relying on the well of people. You've tried to been relying on the well of your good abilities to make you happy and content and satisfied. And the Lord wants you to know he's here today to take that heavy load off of you. All you have to do is be in a position like this Samaritan woman was of receiving. If you'll receive what the Lord has for you, then hey, he'll give you everything that you ever longed for and then some. Come on, who's here today and you need your heavy loads lifted? Who's honest? Stand up where you are if you lift your hands. Stand up. I'm going to pray for you. I told you it would be a little different. If you're new here, then it's, it's a little different than normal. But if you have faith, then just trust that the Spirit of God will minister to your heart. Pastor Prentice, you stand. Help me pray. The Lord wants to release your heavy loads today. He wants to release your heavy loads today. He says, enough's enough. Enough's enough. Just lift your hands. Enough's enough, he says. No more breaking your back to try to make it happen. No more bending over backwards. And being a doormat. The Lord says, enough's enough. That today he will lift your heavy burdens. He will lift your heavy loads today and make you free.
in the name of Jesus, I declare you to be free and, to, and for your load to be lightened because it's not a load that God has put on you. It's a load that you and others have placed upon you. And today the Lord is opening your eyes to help you have a clear vision and focus for your life from here on forward. You'll no longer be cloudy in your thinking. You'll no longer be fuzzy in your vision, but you will see and you will know what it is the Lord has for you. The heavy load be lifted off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The heavy loads be lifted off. No longer. Today you will have insight. Today you will have the Father's heart and mind for what He has for your life. You've been torn between decisions. You've been wondering, what do I really need to do? And it's created such a heavy burden on you that the Lord today says, if you'll just receive my yoke and take my burden upon you, it will be light and it will be easy. And if you'll receive my direction for your life, that though it might be scary and though it might go against the grain of maybe what you've been doing, the Lord says, I'll actually give you a greater freedom and release to be who I've created you to be. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. He says, just take it. It's here. If you don't, he says, it'll be harder on you and be more difficult for you down the road. But today's your day. The door has been opened. Today that door has been opened. You've been knocking. And today the Lord says, I opened it and here I am. Take my hand and walk with me now. I'll be your, not only your friend, I'll be your father, I'll be your husband, and I'll be everything you need me to be until that next segue of when I join you and take you to the place where you've longed to go in your heart. Where your soul beckons, God, take me there. That's where I want to live. Today is your day. Just receive it. Just receive it and take it by the hand. Hallelujah. Father, free this soul right now. Free this soul right now. Eliminate eliminate God the, the fuzziness of problems that weighs on her. Where she tries so hard and oftentimes feels like she comes up short. Today, Lord, remove that from her. Free her in her soul. Help her to be who you created her to be. Not ashamed, unapologetic, free. For she is a worshiper. She is a worshiper, not just in song, but she's a worshiper in how she lives. Today, remove that cloud those clouds of darkness that try to hover over her, for she's seen glimpses of sunlight. But today, I thank you, you completely remove the darkness that hovers over her. 
and you cause her to walk in light. Cause her to be free and lighter in her spirit. Today, oh God, you reassuring her, you, your hand is surely upon her life. And she need not worry. She need not worry. She need not worry. That she's free to be the teenager right now and not an adult. She's free to be young and free. Not crazy. Not off the chain. Not sowing wild oats, but just free to love Jesus and be passionate for the things of God. Oh, set a fire down in her soul. Set a fire down in her soul right now, oh God. One that her friends and the world can't quench. One that her family looks at and is perplexed. A, a fire down in her soul that she will not apologize for. A fire down in her soul that will ignite revival in other people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavy burden. There's more of you with these than I thought there would be today, but a heavy burden the Lord wants to remove. The Lord wants to lift. The Lord wants to take off. The Lord wants you to know that He is walking with you. He is not just up in the air above you. No, He is with you, for His promise still remains effective today. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So on this day, oh God, let this man know the reassurance that you are with him, helping him, caring for him and his household and family. That he need not worry, he need not fret. That his mind be made up to just take forward steps in you. And that God, he will sense and know. That was not so bad. That was not so hard. That was not as heavy as I thought it would be. Because you, O oh God, are walking with Him. And you are for Him and not against Him. Today, O oh Lord, remind Him and reassure Him. Take away that heaviness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, as two walk together in agreement. There you are in the midst of them. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. For your spirit wraps itself around and in them making them bound together in one heart, one mind, one purpose, in unity. I thank you, Lord, where the enemy has tried to come in and bring doubt and wonderment of, are we doing what we're supposed to do? Are we where we're supposed to be? Is everything going the way, God, you want it to be? The Lord just wants to remind you, you don't have to wonder and you don't have to doubt me. For I have ordered your steps. Even as well as things have come together good for you, the enemy still tries to sow seed of doubt. 
But the Lord says, today you are one. And I am with you and my hand is on your life. And I am blessing you not just for your own benefit. I am blessing you to be a blessing to many others. And the Lord says, don't let people take advantage of your time. And don't let people take advantage of your energy. But learn to sow yourself in the right places. And the Lord will guide you and the Lord will show you. For this isn't a time to shrink back. This isn't a time to set aside and wait. The Lord says this is a time to sow yourself. But sow yourself into the places that I have called you to be. And he says when you do that, you will find rest for your souls. You will not be weary. You will walk and not faint. You will run and not fall. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you. He has anointed you. He has anointed you. You are anointed of the Lord. You are anointed of the Most High. You are anointed of the Lord. The anointing of God is on you. For He has anointed you. He has anointed you. Your gift has made room for you. And now He says, My anointing will fall on you in even greater measures. As you use your gift, My anointing will break through and shatter strongholds in people's lives. In the workplace and in the church, the Lord says, He has anointed you and don't worry about your children don't worry about any of that for the Lord has you covered for you are anointed of him and he says now is the time now is the time sow yourself completely in to kingdom investment and you will always have more coming back to you than what you're ever able to put into it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Didn't fall asleep on me. Pray for these who are standing. Pray for these who are standing today. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord notices your turn to Him. He notices your turning aside like Moses did to the burning bush. What is this, Lord? What is this? The Lord takes note of you when you, call, when you turn to Him, when He calls your name, and you pray, and you seek Him, and you are continuing to humble yourself before Him. The Lord takes note of that, and as He takes note of that, the Lord wants to pour back into you where you have felt distant and you have felt guarded and you have felt somewhat dislocated. The Lord says, I'm putting it all together. And I'm opening up that treasure chest of gifts that I have put in you. And the Lord says, those gifts are meant to be given out. So today I lay my hands on you and I command you to stir up the gifts of God on the inside of you.
those spiritual gifts, may they, may they come to the surface. May they rise to the surface. And may you once again flow in the power of the Spirit. May you flow in the gifts and the power of the Spirit again. For the Lord says, no longer are they to be dormant. No longer are you to sit by the side and look and see. Now it's time for you to participate, to be activated. Today I command the gifts of God to, to line up with your word and be strong and be present and be active today in the name of Jesus where it's been a, a heavy burden of just sitting and waiting today the Lord says now I've lifted the ban I've lifted the ban I've lifted the ban it's like a dam being broken open today flush this soul with your power and your spirit today and bring forth to the top those gifts of God and flow the way the Lord says, flow. Be used of Him. Be used of Him to speak to your kinfolk, to speak to your family, to speak to your spiritual household, to speak to those co-workers. The Lord says confidence is arising on you. Confidence is arising up within you to be bold, to be courageous, and to not lie down to the side. Today, pick up that mantle that has been cast off. Pick it up and wear it proud. Pick it up and walk in your holy anointed calling today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody all right? I thought I'd be done by now. I really did. I thought I'd be finished. Come on, Jake. Just stir us with the song. Guys, can we do that? Oh, we trust in our God. And through his unfailing love. We will not be shaken, we will not be shaken, we will not be shaken. Sing that out. Our darkest day. Oh, 
For in the hour of our darkest days, we will not tremble, we won't be afraid. Hope is rising like the light of dawn. Our God is for us, He has overcome. Do that again. For in the hour of our darkest days, we will not tremble, we won't be afraid. Hope is rising like the light of dawn. Our God is for us, He has overcome. For we trust in our God. Oh, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. No. Oh, for we trust in our God. Oh, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. For in the hour of our darkest day. For in the hour of our darkest days, we will not tremble, we won't be afraid. Hope is rising like the light of dawn. Our God is for us, He has overcome. For in the hour of our darkest days, we will not tremble, we won't be afraid. Hope is rising like the light of dawn. Our God is for us, He has overcome. For we trust in our God. Oh, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken, oh, yes, for we trust in our God, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken, no. I know there's, there's two other people I was going to talk about. The lady in John 8, she has no name. She said she was caught in the act of adultery. 
Then there was a man who has a name, Zacchaeus. The thing about them is this. That the lady that was caught in the act of adultery, she was caught. She was held up. She was bound. And the people who caught her were the religious people who really didn't care about her, and they sure didn't care about Jesus. They used her in a way to try to manipulate Jesus. You see, the enemy, when we're bound by him in our soul, he tries to use us. He has no care for us. And some of us in here think we're in the right place, in the right connection, in certain things in life. But we're really bound. We're not really free. We've allowed things to just really attach itself to us. But she also had condemnation. She had condemnation. And long story short, all those folks who were around to condemn her and accuse her, they left. And Jesus told her, he said, look, I don't condemn you. I want you to go and be free. He said, go and sin no more. Go and be free. Go and be who really you're created to be. No longer bound, but free. No longer used. Because Jesus doesn't use people in a way to waste people. And he says, and I also, I take away your condemnation. Condemnation. I sense there's some here today that are walking around with some condemnation. And the Lord says, you don't have to walk in that. Because that's not who you are. You're walking in it because you're bound by something. And he says, I, I want to set you free. I want to set you free. And then there's the, the issue with the... Zacchaeus said that he was the chief tax collector, meaning he was a liar and a cheater. See, the thing about Zacchaeus, three things stick out to me on that, and that is one, he lived a lie. He was lying and cheating people. He was living under a false identity, not the way God really wanted him to live. Secondly, he was living low. said that he was a short man by stature, and he climbed up a sycamore tree to try to see Jesus when Jesus was coming his way. I'll give him that. He sought him out. But he was living low. He was living beneath his potential. He wasn't living up to his potential. But then he also, not only was he living a lie, he was living low, but he was living lost. He was living off course. He was not on target with what God had for his life. But Jesus saw him. Jesus called him. And then Jesus went into his home. I think the spiritual picture of that is Jesus saw him. Jesus called him to himself. And Jesus entered his heart. And when he entered his heart, it said, I came to seek and save those who were lost. You see, when we live a lie, we're leaving, living a false identity, not living up to who we really are. as who we are, and we live low, we live below our potential, not living up to the potential that our souls have. Then it causes us to live off course. It causes us to, 
we think we're going in the right direction. We feel like we're going in the right direction. But little by little, we're getting, we're getting moved off course. Little by little, degree by degree, we're getting moved off course. And we're wondering, why am I not making any headway? Why am I not really getting to where I want to be? I feel like I'm going that way. I feel like I'm trying to do it that way. But really, we're living off course. See, the lady caught in the act of adultery, she was living in a perpetual state of repeat. She could not break the cycle of repeat in her life. She continued to repeat her mistakes. She continued to repeat her bad choices. She continued to repeat her bad decisions, which led her in a constant cycle of repeat. I believe there's some here today that You've said that, you thought that, I feel like I'm on repeat. I feel like there's a cycle in my life that won't change. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are committing adultery. I'm not saying that. That's not it at all, But unless it is. But the thing is, is this. Whatever we find ourselves in repeating, the Lord says, that's not my best for you. You're bound, and you're not free. And you're not going anywhere. But then there are those of us like Zacchaeus, we're, we, we're going somewhere, but we're not going in the right direction. A cycle of repeat. And then we're living lost. We're living off course. I feel like 